Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Piers Morgan Uncensored tonight. Labour leader Sakir Starmer tells his top team the public doesn't care about woke issues. Is he right? Spoiler alert, I don't think he is, but we'll debate it. Lionel Messi's poised to follow Cristiano Ronaldo to Saudi Arabia in a deal worth a reported £522 million. But are these goats trashing their legacies by sports washing a brutal regime? I don't think so, but we'll debate it. Plus, as the once feared US Navy SEALs appointed drag queen as their ambassador, should forces be ferocious, not fabulous? I'll ask the Navy SEAL who killed bin Laden. Live from the news building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Sakir Starmer may well be the next British Prime Minister. Labour leader is a hearty lead in the polls. After 13 years of Tory rule with three Prime Ministers in one chaotic year recently, his path to power is clear. But he still has to prove he knows what matters to the British people. And today, I believe he made a massive miscalculation. He's reportedly briefed his top team to avoid talking about social issues, woke issues, because apparently the public doesn't care about them. He couldn't be more wrong. The public does care, and with good reason. Here's a reminder of what Elon Musk says about woke. It is a prevalent mind virus and um, arguably one of the biggest threats to monetization. You should explain why you don't think it's hyperbole to say things like it's pushing civilization towards suicide. First of all, what is the woke mind virus? And if we don't deal with this, nothing else can get done. Tell me why you think that. Yeah, so um, I think we need to be very cautious about any, anything that is anti-meritocratic um, and anything that, is, uh, that, that results in the suppression of, of free speech. Um, so... You know, those are two of the aspects of the work mind virus that I think are very dangerous, uh, is that it's, it's often anti-meritocratic. You can't, you can't question things. Uh, even the questioning is bad. One of the richest and smartest men in the history of this planet says that something's literally threatening civilization. We should probably not just dismiss it. It's very easy to dismiss this stuff as culture wars, diversionary tactics used by politicians. So we get mad about society instead of their mismanagement. And there is something to that, I get it. But make no mistake, this woke virus is real and it ruins people's lives. 
It means Western society is being policed by a radical minority of people with ultra-progressive views that would seem completely insane at most family dinner tables. It means people are abused, shamed and vilified, sometimes handed out of their jobs for expressing a dissenting opinion. It means our heritage and our culture are being constantly ransacked from Roald Dahl's books to the James Bond novels to avoid offending an imaginary cult. It means ordinary people having to hesitate before using perfectly normal words like woman or bonkers or mother because they've been browbeaten into thinking it'll cause offence. It means biological males can destroy women in sport and gender categories are being abolished at award ceremonies, resulting, as we saw at the Brits, in no women getting nominated at all. It means we're smeared as transphobic for thinking it's start raving mad that a male rapist can identify as a woman to get a place in a woman's prison. And above all, it means the rest of us are made to feel like extremists for saying, well, hang on a second, this isn't right. I don't want to live in this world. If you question it, you are the problem. You are the bad person. You must be cancelled. At the heart of this is freedom of speech, as Elon Musk said, freedom of expression and freedom of thought. Without that, there is no democracy. Perhaps the real reason why Sakir Starmer doesn't want us to focus on so-called woke issues is because of the problem he's had in answering simple questions. You know, sorry, I've offended this you. In no, no, no. It's just, uh, no, no, no. I just a I woman can't th- have a penis. I don't think that um, discussing this issue in this way helps anyone in the long run. Yeah. For ninety-nine point, I don't know, nine percent of women, everything is a matter of biology, and um, I'm very, very supportive of that. For the vast majority of women, this is all about biology, and of course they don't have a penis. We all know that. Ninety-nine point nine something percent of women, um, it's all biological <clears throat> and it's very straightforward. What's that percentage again? How many women have penises again? It's okay. So far this year, I've interviewed the Prime Ministers of Britain, Israel, Australia. I went to the Ukraine to interview President Zelensky, I interviewed former US President Donald Trump. I've interviewed other US presidential candidates for 2024. The one person I've not interviewed is Sakir Starmer or any of his senior shadow cabinet. Ministers, what are they scared of? The Labour Party is based 2.8 miles away from his studio. His front benches have an open invitation to come on to debate all of this stuff, as well as their plans for running the country. But so far, they've repeatedly rejected all invitations. If you want to run the country, they should really stop ducking interviews because the last guy that ran the country, he ducked interviews. Let me take a little reminder, a trip down memory lane of what Boris Johnson did when I tried to get an interview with him. Mr Johnson, while you have five minutes, would you live on Good Morning Why did, why did could you, you talk to Piers and Susanna for me? I'll be, I'll be with you in a second, I'll be with you in a second. Yeah, I have an earpiece here in my hands, ready to go. <laughs> right, he's been taken inside, into the freezer. He's gone into the Excuse fridge. Um, there's a bunker. <laughs> it's it's very heroic work, had so far, isn't it? That was heroic work. <laughs> he ran into a fridge to avoid... He never came out. We never saw him again. <laughs> ran into a fridge, shut the door. Boris Johnson. A coward, ultimately. Just didn't want to face tough questions. I don't think Keir Starmer's a coward. I don't think he's shadow cabinet. A coward's? But for some reason, they don't want to come on and talk about this stuff. And now they say the public doesn't care. Trust me. The public cares. I'm joined by the author and broadcaster, Jenny Kleeman, talk to the political editor, Kate McCann, and talk to the presenter, 
Richard Seifel, welcome to all of you. Uh, a lot of views here. But let me start with the politics of this, Kate. Because this is quite a bold statement by Keir Starmer. It follows the local elections. On the face of it, a big win for Labour, a big loss for the Tories. But most of the maths around it say that if that was replicated in a general election, Labour would have to form a coalition, which would not be ideal for them. So it's not a home run anyway. This issue of, of wokery, of all these social issues, of the culture wars, why has he decided that he's going to go out and say none of it matters? I think this is two things. I think this is Keir Starmer trying to assert some authority and project some confidence, which is why he keeps saying things like, we are on course to win the next general election, when you're right, actually. These local election results don't show that. They show he could form the largest party, he could form a coalition, but he's definitely not on course to win the next general election. So I think a little bit of it is about confidence. He wants to show, I'm on top of it, I'm not going to be led by the agenda, I'm going to lead it. But I think there's some fascinating polling behind this because most people now, according to YouGov, do recognise what woke means. They know what woke mm. issues are. They understand the terminology. They understand what it means to them. And I think one of the things you said in your introduction about heritage and culture is really important here mm. because for a lot of people, they may not identify what matters to them as a woke issue, but it is about their culture. It's mm. about their heritage. It's about history. And actually, they care deeply about yeah. those things. Now, if you, if you frame it, you see, if you say, would you care more about cost of living crisis or the woke issues, given that stark choice, I can imagine people say, well, obviously, right now, the money. But actually, it, it goes a lot deeper than that. Yeah, it does. And that's why I think it's a really interesting political move, because I think he's wrong. You know, when I interviewed Rishi Sunak, and actually, more interestingly than that, when I asked him, what's a woman? He said, an adult human female. I interviewed Anthony Albanese, who's the Prime Minister of Australia. He's a progressive from the left, diehard. And he said immediately, an adult female, because in Australia, which is a pretty progressive country now, even in Australia, they've had this backlash now to politicians not saying simple biological facts like that. So it's an interesting play that Starmer, who's our Albanese, has decided this is the way to go. I think what he, what, what Sir Keir Starmer feels he needs to do, everything about what he's doing right now is in stages. He's a, he's a stages man. Mm. You know, the first stage was the local elections, prove we can do it okay. Throw off the shackles of the left wing of the party, isolate Corbyn, Diane Abbott too, okay, fine, that's the next stage. What trying to say that woke issues don't matter is about is trying to neutralise a problem that he very much still has to tackle. And you saw in those clips there from Sakir Starmer, 99.9% .9 of people, mm. women don't have a penis. Well, that's problematic. It's still not clear it's enough ridiculous. for some people. And actually, that's going to dog him through this leadership campaign if, as we expect, some in the Conservative Party intend very much to put those particular issues right. front and centre. Right. And, Richard, I mean, the problem he's going to have is that they're going to bring up people like Rosie Duffield and other Labour politicians who've been really shamed and vilified oh. for defending basic biology. Uh, completely. And what it shows is that actually he's completely out of touch with his core, very socially conservative northern heartlands that he has to win over big time if he is going to get a majority. Mm. And he's nowhere near it. And, uh, you know, for, for that constituency, they know exactly what a woman is. And they also do not want their children to be taught things around gender questioning in primary in the early years of secondary school. Even Tom Hanks today came out and said that he refuses to read any books which have been dragged into the modern 
morality. In other words, all this issue around Roald Dahl and everything, he won't read them. If they have a disclaimer saying, we've changed words and stuff, yep. he said, I'm not going to read it. I loved that because he's in Hollywood, which is normally the wokest place out there. And I feel that woke worm has really turned because most people do not think that way. This is a small, noisy minority of people who genuinely think they have this self-righteous belief that what they say not only is the right view, but the only view allowed. But it's also a question of, of actually strong, principled leadership. If he doesn't have the courage and the conviction to say exactly what a woman is, then actually it's women who fought for equality mm. for decades and, and decades. And for the vote. And for the vote, who feel most offended yeah. by this outrage. And you know, the, the truth is the real winner in these local elections was the not vote party because the turnout was woefully low. Yeah. And I think many, many women are saying, well, just hang on. I don't want to find, I want to find out who, who knows what a Let's woman is. Let's go to the other woman on the panel. I assume <laughs> you're identifying as a woman. I identify as a woman, Right. Yes. What's your view of this? Well, I think Keir Starmer is absolutely right because, uh, you know, we know that this, the Conservative government deployed the queen of anti-woke, the self-proclaimed scourge of the uh, wokerati in much of their campaigning in the run-up to the local elections. She brought up things like Rotherham and Rochdale, which are from 10 years... Suella Braverman. Right. I wouldn't call her the queen of anti-woke. Well, she's the one who complains about the mm. tofu-eating Guardian reading wokerati. She very much positioned herself... But that to wasn't why anti- they did badly in the local elections. No, well, I mean, that certainly <clears throat> the pitch that they were... The, the way they were pitching themselves was uh, as... I as saw... Oh, well, let me just stop you there, because I saw a very interesting poll that came out overnight about why people had switched, who voted Tory in 2019, why they switched to Labour. Almost all of them, I mean, like the top, like, 50%, 60%, right, were saying reasons to do with the Conservative Party just being on the job too long, doing a bad job. This is the point, when it comes to your vote... It wasn't about the the woke stuff, to me, could be a real problem for Starmer. I think when you cast if he's your not vote, careful. I think when you cast your vote, you think, is this candidate going to improve my life? And improving my life will be in terms of, can I get a GP's appointment? Can I afford to feed my kids? Can I put the, the electric yes, on in my house? That's why people vote. They don't vote about these cultural issues. And they might matter. We need to get much better at using language accurately. But if I said to you, what's a woman, what do you say? I would say, Piers, a woman is an adult human female. You would? I think most people do agree that. And if I say to you, given the way this debate's now moved about uh, trans athletes in sport, what is your view of that? My view is that there are times when sex has to trump gender. And when you look at prisons, when you look at... So would you let any trans athletes compete in in women's sport? I personally don't think they should until there's evidence. Now, that would shows you have said that a year and a half ago? Yes, I would have, and right. I, I have said these. But things you see, I would. Say, you, but there's you, an assumption that people on the left pro- are all of one of one. I know. I'm not. I'm not pigeonholing you. But would you describe yourself as progressive left or not? I, I have never used that word to describe myself before. But I think I represent a lot of women who, uh, who would call themselves left wing. Just going to interrupt. We've got some breaking news from the United States. Very interesting news. This Donald Trump has been found not guilty of rape in a civil trial for rape and defamation in New York. A hugely publicised case, E. Jean Carroll, was suing the former president, alleging he raped in a Manhattan department store nearly 30 years ago. The court, however, did find Donald Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll, awarding her $2 million in compensatory damages for battery. We're looking at live shots there. So that is a double-edged sword for Trump. Uh, He didn't testify in the court repeatedly denied the allegations, but it would seem that on the most serious charge uh, of uh, the rape, not guilty, but of sexual abuse, 
he's been found guilty. So we're going to verify exactly what has gone down there. But what's your reaction to that, Richard? Um, well, I think, as you say, you've got to verify exactly what has happened there. And if he's been found guilty of sexual abuse, I would expect him to appeal. Uh, and because that's his, that's his nature. Whenever he loses anything, he keeps fighting. That would be my instinctive reaction, just based on that. So we're going to get more information on this, but he's, he's been found not guilty of rape, but guilty of sexual assault and defamation. So that is, I mean, this is a big moment for Trump because, of course, he's running for president again. The election is November next year. He's already been indicted on a criminal charge involving the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels, the porn star. And now this, E. Jean Carroll's been awarded uh, millions of dollars in damages. Yeah. What do you think this will do think, in terms of the of the presidential race? I think the people who love Donald Trump will see this as part of the narrative that he always spins, which is that the establishment are out to get him on trumped-up charges, even if uh, it's been found in a court of law. He will be able to spin this as a, a way of the establishment trying to suppress him. So I don't think it will deter the people who are determined to vote for him. OK, it's an interesting one with Trump, isn't it? Because this kind of stuff, if this happened to a British politician, that would be the end oh, of yeah. their careers. Mm. But then so would the indictment have been if a British politician was indicted for paying hush money payments to a porn star, that would be the end of their career. Trump has so far proved remarkably Teflon yeah. to all this stuff, but this is a very serious blow, you have to assume, to his presidential chances. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, this is a civil ruling, right? So yeah. it's a slightly different kettle not of fish. Criminal. Albeit, yeah, it's not criminal, albeit not, you know, it, it, I mean, it is incredibly serious that, that clearly in this particular case, they've also decided that he did defame her by branding her a liar. Jurors have decided that. I mean, it is a legal setback for Donald Trump. There is no doubt about it. But, Piers, you know better than anyone about the polarised nature of political mm. campaigning in America. Donald Trump's supporters are pretty bedded in already. And when... Verdicts like this and cases like this even tend to come around. Those supporters view them as an establishment attack on somebody that they believe is fighting for their rights. They believe that this man is the only person who's going to speak up for them. So I, I tend to think that actually in this particular case, it might work, sadly, in his favour. I mean, that is an extraordinary state of affairs, isn't it, Richard? I mean, whatever side of the political divide you're on, this slew of cases now against Trump, and, it, and there are very serious other legal cases which are rumbling through which might lead to, to further indictments. It does seem extraordinary that most of his supporters don't seem to care about any of it. And his poll ratings seem to go up. Right. So the recent cases when he was charged by the establishment, by the authorities uh, in New York, actually his poll ratings go up, he gets more popular and it's, it's utterly counterintuitive. And that's why we know what he'll do with this, we know how he'll spin it, He'll appeal, he'll fight and fight and fight, and he'll, he'll, he'll turn it to his advantage because that's what he does. Well, just to recap on that breaking news, the jury's returned a verdict in the E. Jean Carroll Donald Trump battery rape and defamation case. They've ruled that Trump is liable for sexual abuse and defamation of Miss Carroll, but not of rape. And he's uh, it's been awarded over $2 million, just under $3 million, in fact. Um, so a... A loss, uh, really, for Trump in totality, although he has been found not guilty of the most serious charge, and that should be noted. Um, but a big breaking news development in America. We'll come back to that later in the show. Well, let's take a break. Thank you very much indeed to my stellar pack. Let's take a break. Uncensored next. Following in Ronaldo's footsteps is Lionel Messi, risking his reputation by becoming the latest footballer to take a huge contract in Saudi Arabia. 
We'll debate this next. Cristiano Ronaldo is pillory for joining Saudi Arabia's Al Nasser team in the biggest money deal in football history. He'd sold out, they said. And worst, he trashed his legacy by sports washing the brutal Saudi regime. Lionel Messi, we were assured, would never do that. Ronaldo's like Messi, his closest rival in the greatest of all time contest, although I think Ronaldo edges him, will be following him to the Desert Kingdom. Reports suggest the World Cup winner is about to sign a £500 million deal with the rival team Al Hilal. So, are these legends sports washing a brutal regime or are they just banking the bumper payday they deserve after stunning careers and doing what many footballers have done, going and playing in a different country at the twilight end of their, of their football lives? Well, joining me now is the boxing promoter, Frank Warren, and by the human rights lawyer and former managing director of Leeds United, David Haig. Well, welcome to both of you. Frank, it's a very emotive issue, this. I remember when Ronaldo... Obviously, I remember it because I'd done the interview, which led to him going there. But um, I interviewed Cristiano. That's why he left United. Ends up going to Saudi Arabia. A lot of Messi fans mocking this, now probably having to eat their words because it looks like Messi may be following Ronaldo because the money is simply stratospherically higher than these guys could get anywhere else in the world at this stage in their careers. Are they doing anything morally wrong? No, I don't think so. I think if you... First of all, you've got to look at the situation that, you know, last year our elected government and, and the Prime Minister was elected at the time, Boris Johnson, if you remember when there was all the oil prices were shooting up very high, he went over to Saudi to try and do a deal for oil for us. You know, we have companies over here in the UK who, who trade on a daily basis, providing arms, uh, uh, aeroplanes, cars, everything to Saudi. So a sportsman who has a very short lifespan... As a, or in his career, you can't blame them at the end of the day for going there. I don't, I, you know, it's a question of their morals. But and again, you look back, you go back to the, the 60s. I can remember all the English players going to South Africa and when the apartheid was right. going on, lots of them were going there. Yeah. Well, David Haig, I, my issue with this whole sports washing debate, and we had all this over the World Cup in Qatar, is just the stinking hypocrisy, whichever way you look. Everyone who puts on their moral halo, including, by the way, our country, which last time I checked illegally invaded Iraq in 2003, what right do we have, frankly, to cast moral aspersions on other countries and players taking their business there, given that we let them play here when we did something like that? Well, good evening, Piers. I mean, I, I certainly agree with you. There is there is an awful lot of human rights hypocrisy in, in, in football as well when you look at how we deal with, for instance, Russians owning football clubs at the moment compared to, 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 to golf dictatorships. And, you know, that's something that you see. And, you know, I agree with, with, with Frank when he says you can't blame people like Lionel Messi for going to these countries. But as a human rights lawyer, of course, I mean, I would want them to use the fact that they are going there to help improve the human rights records in those countries and, and cast a, 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 a spotlight on the human rights abuses, of which there are many. But do you not think that people like Ronaldo and Messi, um, because of their global fame, and they're two of the most followed people on social media in the world, Ronaldo's number one, and I think Messi's number two on Instagram, that just by going there and living there and playing sport there, they cast an unbelievable light on these countries. We saw that with Qatar. 
And so, in a way, just by being there, these guys, with their profile, they do go quite a long way to highlighting other issues, don't they? They do. I mean, that's, that, that's I think, one of the, the benefits that you get from um, players uh, going to countries like this and from the, the, what we saw in the Qatar World Cup. But I think that's a smaller one. You've also got to, I think, look at the fact that, you know, the people that are being abused in Saudi and, and, and other countries, you know, and, and how they feel. Because at the end of the day, you know, is, we can debate this, you know, is Lionel Messi's football worth half a billion for a couple of years? That's not a commercial decision in terms of a football commercial decision. It's a decision by Saudi to effectively sports wash their, their human rights abuses. Well, actually, you see, I think, I, you know, again, I take, I take issue with that because, you know, I know a lot about the Ronaldo deal and everything. I, I don't really think that's what they're paying for. They're paying to grow football in Saudi, which we know from the Qatar World Cup how well a lot of football in that region is now going. The teams like Morocco and others, um, they want to grow Saudi football to make them proper world players. I really don't think that their main reason for doing this and paying these guys all this money is to sports wash their regime or to somehow improve the world's view of their human rights. I think it's simply they want to make Saudi and other countries in the Middle East top of the world for putting on sport. Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely it's, true. Yeah. You, you, I mean, let me bring in Frank. Yeah, Frank, you got you answer that one. Yeah, sorry. I, I, you know, I feel that's right. It's not just football. I mean, they, they've invested very heavily in golf, Formula One, WWE. They've had boxing there, various sports, and it's all investment. I mean, to get someone to go there, you're going to have to pay them a premium at this stage until it becomes a destination. And that's, that's a fact of life. But, there's, for example, the um, Formula One has paid off, hasn't it? They've done... They, 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 they've, they've, got, they've got a... The whole world's eyes are on that, on big boxing events and so forth. Yeah, and, and, the, I, th and I just also think that the, from the a golf, pure, which is... Right, and from, from a pure football point of view, Frank, the, the Qatar World Cup, Saudi Arabia beat the world champions, Argentina, in the World Cup. They were the only team to do so. So yeah. there's no doubt yeah. that the quality of football... I know from Cristiano in... In Saudi, he's, he's been very impressed by the general quality of the football there. And the fans are really fanatical. And I just, again, I come back to this, this issue I have with the hypocrisy. Once you put morality at the centre stage of where people comply their trade in sport, well, where do you end up going? I mean, seriously, where do you end up going? I mean, David, you're a, a, a gay man. Um, and you've, taught, you've done a lot of good work in that area in terms of LGBT rights and so on. I think it was something like a quarter of all the teams in the World Cup finals uh, came from countries which ban homosexuality, for example. Do you not have any tournaments in Africa, for example, at all because of their record in individual countries on gay rights? In other words, it's complicated. It's not as easy as it may seem to people sitting here in England. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, like as, as I said at the start, you know, you've got considerable human rights hypocrisy, and and I don't think it's it's not possible, and it's perhaps not the right thing to do to try and regulate individual players going to uh, you know for their retirement, whatever it may be, to whatever country. You're never going to be able to do that. There'll be a, you know there'll be more people doing it. There'll be more players. But there are areas in sports washing that we can regulate, and we saw recently with the Premier League introducing uh, what they said would be new laws and new regulations on the owners and directors test to stamp out dictators and despots buying into English football. I think there's something that we can actually try and improve the situation. You know, should nations like Saudi be able to buy football clubs? You will have... Yeah, um, but you know, to counter uh, uh, that, you will have people in the Middle East who say that all the American owners 
buying into the Premier League. Well, what's the difference? I say they illegally invaded Iraq like the UK did. They've done other stuff which they believe abuses human rights, as they think uh, the UK has as well. You know, it depends where you are in the world as to how you view these things. You know, when I was in Qatar, I was really, well, struck, really struck by how angry they were about all the hypocrisy about human rights. Not to defend their own issues. They just said, well, who's, who's actually pointing the finger at us who's so morally pure? I think that's the issue that you've got, and you know, even you know, how do you judge? And, and the football league, uh, the, sorry, the Premier League in England have said that they're going to they're going to decide whether or not someone is a human rights abuser on the basis of them being on the our equivalent of the Minitsky sanction list, and, and then you look at who's on it, and there's effectively no one that, that perhaps should be. So you know, it's a very difficult thing to say who is a human rights abuser and who isn't, who's the judge and jury of that. So you know, whether you look at sports washing in, in terms of buying football clubs or players going to these countries, it's very very difficult. But one would hope that people that have a platform. You know, I had a platform at Leeds and I tried to improve, you, you, you know, um, inclusivity and diversity and, and, and LGB rights in football 10 years ago. Um, and one would hope, but that's a personal thing, that people like Messi and Ronaldo would use their platform to do that. And, and you know, that's, that, that's down All to right. them. You're never um, going to be able to force them to do that or not. I was saying also, you look at the demographic of Saudi Arabia, I think it's nearly 60% of the population are, un are under the age of 40. Yeah. So you've got a younger generation there. And the fact these guys are going there, they're opening their eyes up to what is happening. And obviously, you know, as you say, Ronaldo, Messi and, and many other people are, are quite tolerant in their views. And, uh, and hopefully that will reflect in the future. I think there. that is a really significant point. Honestly, I do. I think these guys aren't going to change their views from what I've seen so far. Their views are very well known. They're all shared on Instagram every day. So the fact they're over there shining a light on it could work both ways, actually. Um, Frank, I can't let you go without asking you, are we going to win the Premier League, Arsenal? Oh, God, I'll tell you what, I'm on the edge. We, we, we <laughs> fell over on those three, three uh, matches, which uh, I, I, I was like torture. But how impressive were they on, on they Sunday? They were brilliant. But really give me some hope. Are we going to win, Frank? I'm, I'm, I've got my. I'm praying. I'm, I'm everybody. I, you know, we've, we 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 all want it to happen. Well, Man City got to fall over, haven't they? For us, they got to fall over. They got they got to lose, lose and draw one. Yeah, and they that's have. a big ask. It's that's absolute ask. agony, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Frank, great to see you, yeah. David. Thank you very much indeed <laughs> for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Piers. Uncensored next to the dissident Iranian who speaks up ferociously for the women suppressed by the brutal Islamic Republic. Timely conversation after the debate we just had. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Let's bring you some more on the big breaking news from America in the last few minutes. Donald Trump, former president of the United States, has been found guilty of sexually abusing and defaming E. Jean Carroll, awarding her a total of $5 million against Trump in damages in a civil trial in New York. The federal jury found the former president not guilty of rape, but they acknowledged that Trump had abused her and had defamed her by calling her a liar. This followed an incident in a Manhattan department store nearly 30 years ago. Well, I'm joined now by Randy Zellin, who's a, a, a lawyer from America, a criminal defense attorney. So, Randy, your reaction to this breaking news about Donald Trump? You can't spin this one. I don't care who you are. That's like saying, oh, great news, great job. I was convicted of... I was acquitted of murder in the first degree, but convicted of murder in the second degree. Spin it any way you want. OK, great. He didn't rape her. He still forcibly, intentionally, willfully sexually abused her, put her, put his hands on her and sexual parts. He was found liable. And then the defamation, that's, hey, you lied about saying that this never happened. You said something that wasn't true. $5 million may not mean anything to him, but reputation-wise, his base may stay, but everyone else headed for the hills. Donald Trump's issued a statement on Truth Social, his social media problem. I've absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time, uh, a predictable response, some might think, uh, from the ex-president, who tends to do this kind of thing. Uh, but what is, the, what is the legal jeopardy for him now facing all these other uh, legal issues that he's facing? Does it have any influence on that at all? No, I, I think this is all baked in and what will happen to him in terms of the January 6th investigation, in terms of the Georgia trying to find 11,000 votes, in terms of the classified documents, whether he was found not liable here or found liable, that will have no impact on the other criminal investigations. But what I find and what resonates with me is exactly what you were talking about previously. You were talking about hypocrisy. And here the hypocrisy is that if this jury had come back in two hours and found him not liable, then this would have been the greatest system in the world, the greatest jurors in the world. I can do whatever I want in New York. The mere fact that they came back with equally stunning speed and found against him, it's a witch hunt, it's rigged. And, and that's the part to me that at some level, intelligent people in this country have to start really focusing in on. All right, well, Randy Zinnan, thank you very much indeed for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, next tonight, Masa Alanijad, it should be a progressive hero, exiled and in hiding from Iran's assassin since 2009. She's a ferocious critic of the Islamic Republic's brutality and its war on women. Instead, she's often on the receiving end of criticism herself 
being accused of Islamophobia for opposing the compulsory hijab. Iran has faced massive protests this year after Manati police killed a 22-year-old woman who refused to wear one. Well, she talks to me now, so great to see you. Thank you so much. You're Pleasure. a hero to so many of us Thank for you. the way that you stood up to this. We talk a lot about human rights. There's very few places in the world where there is a bigger assault on human rights and women's rights than Iran right now. We just woke up with the news of executions. I mean, mm. there was a little girl, which I just published a video of her on my Twitter account. She was begging the Islamic Republic officials in Iran not to execute her father. What happened? They did. Two young men got executed for the crime of criticizing Islam and Prophet Muhammad. And then they call me Islamophobic? Come on. As a woman who grew up under Sharia law, that showing my hair is a crime can get me killed, I, I mean, I had the right to be scared of Sharia laws, to be scared of Islamic Republic. And be honest with you, uh, phobia is irrational. Mm -hmm. My fear and the fear of millions of Iranian women, women of Afghanistan, of Taliban and Islamic Republic is rational. And we're seeing the same thing in Afghanistan, where that overnight, shameful overnight yep. fleeing by, led by America from Afghanistan under President Biden, led to total chaos, a lot of deaths, but also basically threw millions of Afghan women back to the Taliban walls. And we're seeing the same thing there. My heart is broken because I see that now, uh, the news about women of Afghanistan being fade out, mm -hmm. the news about the women-led revolution in Iran being fade out, and people think that everything is over. But women are in front line and chanting women life freedom they want to overthrow a gender apartheid regime. I was actually talking uh, to people here in the UK, and I wanted to get the public opinion, the attention of British women mm. and men that think about it. A day that women are being kicked out from a stadium, mm. women get uh, killed for showing their hair, getting arrested and raped for singing, for dancing. What would be the reaction of the rest of the world? Mm. I mean, if, if it was not women of Iran, if it was not women of... Uh, the Middle East, women in the UK get kicked out from a stadium. What would you do? What would FIFA do? You know that... It's a gender apartheid regime. Completely. You know that by saying all this, you're putting a bigger target on your back all the time. Do you worry about that? I mean, to be honest, as you hear me, I'm very loud against terrorists. I'm not as scared of them, but let's be very honest. It's a scary when you see a man with loaded gun in front of your house trying to kill you. The Islamic Republic hired three Russian mafia, and they were trying to kill me on US soil. The FBI arrested them. Right now, they are in prison. But it's scary, but at the same time, I'm not carrying any weapon. I'm only 45 kilos. That actually shows you that the Islamic Republic, they are scared of me and millions of women like I me. I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. And I feel that Iranian women, they're beginning to realize their own power, perhaps, collectively. Yes. I mean, Iranian women, they are my heroes. Mm. Thank you so much for calling me hero. But my heroes are in mm. Iran. Actually, they know that. They're facing guns and bullets. Some of them get shot in their eyes. They're blinded. But they say that you can take our life, you can take our eyes, you can take our bodies, but not our hope. We are here to end this regime. What more should the West be doing? Particularly maybe Western women, perhaps. That's a good question. That's a very good question, and that's why... I am here to meet with the members of parliament here in London mm. and inform them about what's going on in Iran. It's not about us trying to just save ourselves. The Islamic Republic 
is a threat to democracy. Mm -hmm. And we are actually risking our life to protect democracy across the globe. And I'm not just claiming that. Right now, the Islamic Republic sending drones to Putin to kill innocent Ukrainians. But how ironic that the woke left attack you. <sighs> I mean, this has been my issue with them about women's rights generally. They're on the wrong side of history uh, with all this stuff. I mean, I still have hope that I can actually convince them that this is the right time that you have to support us. Because, look, the Islamic Republic actually hired killers here to kill journalists from, uh, you know, the Iran International biggest TV, Persian TV broadcasting here. They were the target of the Islamic Republic. So you see, if you don't support our fight against the Islamic Republic, you have to face the terrorists on Western soil. So clearly, uh, what happened in Vegas, it says that it's going to stay in Vegas. But what happened in the Middle East, in Iran, it's not going to stay there. It's going to infect the rest of the world. Here in the UK, they're being paid by UK government uh, having Islamic Center. For what? Let me be very clear with you. Uh, British people are like British weather. They're not predictable. But the Islamic Republic officials, they are predictable. They are here not to express themselves. They are here to expand their ideology, to, uh, you know, uh, to, to uh, sponsor terrorist organization, and they are here to kill innocent Iranians. That's why I'm asking the UK government. I hope I can meet with the um, UK prime minister as with well. Rishi Sunak, yeah maybe the king, <laughs> to convince them that this is the time that my, my people are risking their lives to protect democracy Masa, everywhere. you're an incredibly courageous lady. It's great to have you in here. Your passion rings through and your courage rings through. I hope people are listening and watching. Thank you. Thank I you. appreciate it. I hope one day I'm going to invite you to my beautiful country, Iran. I would love that. I know it's a beautiful country. Thank you so much. Uh, it's good to see you. Thank you very much indeed. Pleasure for us. That's what courage looks like, and that's why women's rights are important. Well, on Censored Next, the US Navy SEALs appointed drag queen as a recruitment ambassador. Cue a rather strong reaction from perhaps the most famous Navy SEAL of all, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, who joins me next. Good to see the appointment no one saw coming. Yeoman second class Joshua Kelly, also known as drag queen Harpy Daniels, announced on TikTok he would be a digital ambassador for the US Navy SEALs. He was one of several diverse faces chosen to reach a wide range of potential candidates, the Navy said, as it seeks to recruit more Gen Z servicemen and service women and apparently service them. Well, I'm joined from New York by former US Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, the man, of course, who killed. Osama bin Laden on that uh, incredible raid. Rob, I did think of you the moment I heard about this story as to what on earth you would make of this new recruitment drive by your old people. I mean, what, what is going on here? Well, thanks for having me, Pierce. I don't know what's going on here. It's, <clears throat> for some reason, they like to go woke a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of different places. And uh, 
the woke move is not working at all. I'm all about freedom. And if people want to do what they want, do it behind closed doors, even out to see if the guys want to have a drag show. My first question would be, where's the chief's mess and who made this decision? But if they want to do it, you know, what goes on at sea stays at sea. However, using for an enlisted sailor, enlisted soldier should not be famous in the first place. You shouldn't really be on social media, certainly, certainly not be advertising for the Navy on a Chinese espionage site, which is TikTok. Um, and what we're supposed to be doing is, is projecting alliance solidarity, forward defense, and deterrence. And to have a drag queen, uh, at, that's not going to deter the Chinese who are actually trying to globally take over. And to me, this is just part of a, a longstanding scheme that goes way back to the USSR, where uh, they're, they're trying to demoralize our, uh, make, the, make, make, make something not normal just so that we think it's normal, and well, then uh, they can... Also, well, Rob, it does. It, this follows, of course, the furore over the Bud Light campaign using Dylan Mulvaney, the the, the trans influencer, uh, who until very recently identified as male. Uh, again, massive backlash against Bud Light. In fact, I think sales down 25% or something. You can't A help thinking this will have the exact opposite effect that the Navy hope it will. Why would people watch this, the right people for the Navy SEALs, and think that's what I want to join? I don't get they, it. They won't. They won't. Bud Light didn't realize who their audience was. And again, not that there's, there's anything wrong with what's going on, but you're going to lose your audience. And the, the, the people who aren't being heard right here are the men and women who are now serving in the military and the young men and women who might potentially join that maybe won't because of stuff like this. It, it's, it's the, there's, a, there's a cutoff in leadership where they're making a decision based on what a politician wants them to make so they can get a job later and the politician's happy. And uh, the news media for the majority won't cover it because it's not the, the woke leftist thing to do. I mean, like I said, I'm all about freedom. Do what you want, but we need the the military is not there for a lot of this uh, command climate. How how are you feeling today? Nonsense. It's supposed to be be. Are you ready for war today? Because you should be. And when we need to go, we go. And then all the other nonsense, which which comes with after the war, is down to the diplomats. They're they're using the military for the wrong reasons. This is the wrong way to recruit. And I I talk to people in the military. I travel the country. I travel the world. And I, I it's not just scientific polls that I listen to, I'm getting the pulse of the people, and, and a, the, a majority of people don't want this for that reason. Not that there's not a place for it. This certainly isn't it. You know, we began this show, you may not have seen this, but we began this show because the, the Labour Party leader here, who's tipped to be the next Prime Minister, the way the polls are going, has, has announced that he doesn't think the public care about woke issues. This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about when I say they absolutely do, because I can't imagine many people watching this tonight are not going to watch this story and think, this is wokery gone completely bonkers. Yeah, it, it certainly is. The, there's, Like I said, there's a time and place for everything. But even with like liberal issues, they're being hijacked by leftists because they're going so far to the left that it doesn't even make sense anymore. The, you, you, it's, it's, uh, it, it becomes so partisan that they're they're making decisions that that don't need to be made. They're they're one of the things they're doing is they're talking themselves into losing, as opposed to just sometimes the simplest answer is right in front of your face. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with making a simple answer. And the simple answer, the way to recruit young men, especially in this country, is with the United States Marine and a flaming sword fighting the dragon. That's the people you want in the military. I mean, not that we don't want everyone. And again, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, exclude anybody. But when we took 23 of the most highly qualified men on the mission to kill bin Laden, not one of us cared what the other's sexual identity was. Right. We cared if they're are their guns loaded, are their batteries fresh? And if I get shot, can you carry me back to my family? That's that's all we care about. We're keeping it simple. Not 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 what do you do on the weekend to entertain yourself behind closed doors? It doesn't matter. It's not important. Stop making it an issue.
Yeah, it's just, are you good enough, right? Are you good enough to do your job and potentially save the people you're with from getting killed? I mean, that seems to me to be the criteria to be a Navy SEAL. Hey, I know that's the reason I got picked. It wasn't because I was the smartest guy in the room. I just happened. You can point me in the right direction and tell me who the bad guy is, and hopefully I shoot the right person. I was smart enough to do that. We can leave the other stuff to other people. But uh, do your job, do it right, and then come home. You know, I was thinking of you the other night. I was watching Zero Dark Thirty, of course, about the yeah. Bin Laden raid. And then a week earlier, I watched Captain Phillips, and I also watched with my son's Lone Survivor. And I suddenly remembered that you were on all three of those missions. I watched I those movies you know, and enjoy them as entertainment. What the hell is it like for you to watch these movies when you were actually on all of them? Lone Survivor was actually on today just an hour ago and I was watching part of it. A great movie, great acting. The only complaint is they couldn't find mountains that were actually steep enough for the actors to jump off of what these, these heroes actually did. And uh, you can't explain the heat that's there and what it's like to have an enemy trying to kill you. And then Captain Phillips, you know, leaving your daughter's classroom on your birthday jumping into the Indian Ocean 16 hours later than rescuing Richard Phillips on East, on Easter Sunday. And then, uh, you know, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, that's just proof that there's one big team. The woman that found bin Laden was a woman, an actual tough woman that found bin Laden. If you want to recruit, use her. If right. you want to get a really, a, a really, an awesome female operator, watch that movie, try to be like Maya, the character. Great movies all. Um, they, they didn't have, there wasn't enough time to tell all the stories, but yeah, it is funny. Um, I'm just proof that... Uh, Wherever you are, be there, and uh, anything can happen in your life. <laughs> Did you ever meet that that lady Maya for the zero, the real uh, one? Yeah, I met her. Um, um, I met her the first day. She was the one that said, "The reason you're here is because this is as close as we've ever been to Osama bin Laden." We did the mission. I saw her a few months later in a bar in New York over a beer, and I said, hey, how was all the blowback? And she said, I didn't even get a parking spot. <laughs> you guys, real heroes. Rob, it's great to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much. I, the old phrase, go woke, go broke. At some point, they're going to realise it's actually true. Right? At some point, they're going to prove themselves right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rob, great to see you. All the best. Thanks, Greg. Anytime. That's it from us tonight. What are you up to? Keep it uncensored. I'm sure Rob O'Neill does. That's it. Good night. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.